Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. In the program this week, golf's best-known caddy reacts to his sacking by the game's best-known player. After Samoa's upset win over the Wallabies, we hear from the All Blacks head coach before the Fiji Test, their first in World Cup year and a week before they start the Tri-Nations in Wellington. And on a lighter note, we have a musical tribute from the capital to those of us who'll never play rugby for New Zealand. We talk to a member of the New Zealand men's hockey team about the Four Nations tournament in London, where the Black Sticks reached the final. And in cricket, we'll hear from the former Black Caps batsman and Otago skipper Craig Cumming, who'll explain why he's stepping down. One of the Warriors' key players looks at the run into the playoffs, and New Zealand's only rider in the Tour de France talks about the final week of the road cycling classic. The man reputed to be New Zealand's highest paid sportsman, Tiger Woods' former caddy Steve Williams, says he's still shocked and hugely disappointed after being sacked by the former World Golf Number 1. Williams broke the news on Thursday of the decision Woods made last month that their 12-year partnership was over, and the 47-year-old New Zealander feels he's been let down. I wouldn't ditch somebody when the, when the chips are down. I stuck by Tiger. You know, he put myself and my family in a difficult position there for quite a period of time. So, you know, I stuck by him, was loyal to him. You know, I'm very disappointed that it's come to an end at this time. I mean, I'm not disappointed that the fact that I got fired, that's part of the job. When you work in this business, there's no hidden agenda where that comes. But, you know, the timing of it's uh, extraordinary to me. Steve Williams says he lost respect for the former world number one when details emerged of Woods' string of extramarital affairs and he says he's lost even more respect for him now. I certainly, along with a lot of people, lost respect for Tiger and I pointed out to him when I came back at Augusta uh, in 2010 after what had happened that you know, he had to earn back my respect and um, you know, slowly he was doing that but obviously uh, that isn't the case right now. Williams was at Woods' side for more than a decade, teaming up with him to win 13 of his 14 major titles. But Woods hasn't won a title since November 2009, when his private life started to unravel. Steve Williams will now caddy for Adam Scott. He began his career by carrying the bag for another Australian, Peter Thompson, and also caddied for Greg Norman. This is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport, and I'm Murray Williams. To Rugby Now and the week before they start the Tri-Nations playing the Springboks in Wellington, the All Blacks play Fiji and Dunedin in an earthquake fundraising clash for Canterbury. With the coaches needing to rest as many of their Crusaders and Blues players as possible after the Super Rugby playoffs, the team was always going to look a lot different from the last test side. Only Richie McCaw, Jimmy Cowan, Conrad Smith and Mills Muliaina played in the win over Wales in November and McCaw's missed much of the Super Rugby season recuperating from foot surgery. Samoa's win over Australia added an edge to the game with the unpredictable Fijians, but then there's the Tri-Nations and after that the World Cup squad, which adds a trial dimension to the handful of tests to come before the squad is named in Brisbane on the 23rd of next month, when the current squad of 34 will be trimmed to 30. And head coach Graham Henry says that makes a tough job even harder. Particularly in the back three, you know, we've got a number of players because of injury have come in and they get an opportunity and they've got an opportunity to be selected in the World Cup team, no doubt about that. But they're only going to get one or two chances and so they need to take those. 
They've just got to show that they've got the ability to be selected in that 30. So we'll only select probably five back three players go Rugby World Cup and, and maybe a centre who's got the ability to play in the back three. And it's the most competitive position. You know, Joe Rokothoko's not here. Joe Rokothoko's a bloody good test player. Uh, so I think we've got about eight, and we can only pick five. So three have to go, and that's difficult for them and difficult for the selectors. But a good situation that you've got competition. The only snag on that at the moment is a number of them are carrying injuries. The good thing is they're making good progress. You know, they've made real good progress this week. So Israel, Dag, Asaya Tuiava, um, Jose Gia, those sort of guys are making really good progress with the injuries. And while Graham Henry, Wayne Smith and Steve Hansen would have liked to have had more players from Christchurch to boost interest in the match, the Crusaders' heroic run into the Super Rugby final in Brisbane ruled that out. What we need to do is a lot of them have played a huge amount of rugby. And to maintain that level for the next three months is impossible. So we just got to bring them down a wee bit so we can build them up again. The Crusaders boys have been on a, an emotional high for a long time and, and that takes its toll mentally. And they've played a lot of footy and they've travelled around the rule three times in the last three months. So you just have to be absolutely dumb to continue to play them right through this period of time. It's just going to kill them. So we've just got to be pragmatic and make good decisions with those people. And some of them are still here, like Wyatt Crockett, Corey Flynn, and there'll be others who are still here, and they'll need some space at some stage. Otherwise, they're just going to fall over. That's the All Blacks head coach, Graham Henry, and this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. And this time, it really is the last test at Carisbrook. It was supposed to be in June last year, as Steve Wilde explains. Unusually for an All Blacks game, Dunedin seems devoid of any fanfare in a city which is quick to celebrate its love of all things rugby. But as the Otago Rugby Union's marketing manager Doug McSweeney says, this Friday's historic last game at Carisbrook was never meant to be that way. The final game was supposed to be the All Blacks versus Wales test match in June last year. There has been a little bit of feedback on that. We, we played out the last test match last year officially, um, but, but with Canterbury and, and, and the situation in Canterbury and the rugby union said, look, we want to do something for Canterbury, New Zealand rugby union, so um, we, we had to get on board and support it. I mean, it's a great cause, and, and uh, this will be the last test match at Carisbrook. About 12,000 tickets have been sold so far, and Mr McSweeney expects demand to pick up. He says most of the sales have been online to out-of-towners, and he anticipates local supporters will boost tickets numbers over the next two days. The All Blacks team was announced this morning and Highlanders player Jared Hoata will make his national debut in black, which is something he was hoping for. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's pretty special, especially for the first kid to get a start. But um, I think uh, with the All Blacks coaches wanting to rest those uh, Crusader boys, that obviously meant that there's just been early left in the locks. So, you know, it's going to be uh, pretty awesome to get out there though and just uh, do my best. But Dunedin fans seem to be struggling to be inspired, even though some of the money from ticket sales is going to the Canterbury Earthquake Appeal. Adult tickets cost between $50 and $115. But these people I spoke to are unwilling to buy even the cheapest ones. Um, I don't actually know who's playing. I'm not, no. Why? I just am not so into watching the games live. Bit cold at the moment. Are you going to the rugby on Friday night? No, I'm not. Why? Um, it's my birthday. 
Um, rugby's all right, but I'm not going. You know. I wouldn't pay 50 bucks for a terrace seat for the rugby. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with him. Mm. So it's an all-round no. Yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. much. And I'm pretty sure most of the people I know aren't going as well. Yeah. 50 bucks is pretty ridiculous. That's very ridiculous. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what the atmosphere for the rugby is going to be like this week, but, yeah, 50 bucks. You're not feeling it. No, I'm not feeling it. The All Blacks coach, Graham Henry, says the team is looking forward to its last ever game on an historic ground and is encouraging fans to support Christchurch. Crasswalk is um, a great surface to play on. And the guys enjoy playing there. We just hope that the overhead conditions are good at the time. Ticket sales a bit disappointing, do you think? Well, that is disappointing because New Zealand public had a chance to to support the Christchurch earthquake and the Canterbury people. So I don't think it's a big ask. So get out there and support the team and support Canterbury. That's Graham Henry again, and this is Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. And now for something a little different, a song describing the plight of a keen rugby fan struggling to follow changing rules and interpretations. The musicians are joined by veteran commentators Keith Quinn, John Macbeth, Grant Nisbet and Graham Moody, as well as the late, great Winston McCarthy. Quinn recaptures his much-replayed description of Jonah Lomu bulldozing England's Mike Cat out of the way in the 1995 World Cup at Cape Town for one of rugby's most famous tries. So here's the Miramar Chess Club's I'll Never Be an All Black, out just in time for the World Cup. Cross, touch, balls, engage! Listen to the story of an ordinary man Living in New Zealand, doing what I can And I want to be an All Black Like Pine Tree or Jonah I'd never make the Hall of Fame I couldn't understand half the laws of the game I thought the Rolling Mall was a retail destination I tried to learn and tried to persevere But I've got to find myself another career Cause I'll never be an old black Bound for mud and glory Tell me about the officials The referee orders everyone about Different referee signals. That's incredible. Rules are always changing, slowing down the play. You're coming from the side, you give a penalty away. What would Winston McCarthy have to say?
seen that over the years. Well, you have, because you're much older than us. Yeah, the rest didn't even have whistles when he started. They rang bells. The IRB's got to do something about it. Oh, fat chance, John. <laughs> well, I'm with you on that one, boys. What are we going to do now? Back to your place. I'm not having you buggers at my place. That's the Miramar Chess Club with former Bulldogs all-star good time band singer Neil Warboys. The musicians are from the Mockers, Let's Planet, Brainchilds, the Dunstan Rangers, Real Time Liners, King Skinny, The Inhalers, Wellington Heads and Sven Olsen's Brutal Canadian Love Saga. Quite a musical whakapapa there. And this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. Rugby League now and the Warriors will be on the verge of the NRL playoffs if they can follow up two home wins by beating South Sydney this weekend. The Rabbitohs are 11th, five places behind the Warriors and desperate for a win at Homebush after their Golden Point extra time win over the Roosters. After a strong start, the Rabbitohs have faltered, but the Warriors' Michael Luck told me they're still a top eight contender, even from 11th. I'd argue that they're playing as good a footy now as what they were previously, so just a, a, a good team with plenty of blokes to love a go, and sometimes that's, that's the, you know, the most important ingredient in, in rugby league is Attitude, and you know, their last three or four weeks, they've turned up every week and played really well. And you know, last week they had a great win against the Roosters in extra time. So yeah, you know, I'm under no illusions that <laughs> this will be one of our tougher games in in, in recent memory, just because they're, they're all young guys, enthusiastic, led by a few old old heads like Mick Crocker and you know guys like this that, that, that play their bum off every week. And yeah, and Joel Sunday had that uh, what 50 odd metre drop goal too, so you have to be wary mm. about that. Yeah, he's a crafty little player. I suppose you've got to expect the unexpected with him. You know, he's grown as a halfback as well all the time. He's he's steering the team around well now, and they look, you know, a bit more structured in attack as the year goes on. And then plus they've got Greg Inglis too that, that can chime in wherever he wants to, and you know, he's probably one of the best players in the game on his days. Yeah, you're running to the finals. You've got it's a must-win game for them and a, a really like-to-win game for you, I suppose, because you've got at least three home games out of the last six. Is, how do you see it? I see every game as a must-win game. I suppose that period during between the last buys where we had four losses in a row, that, that you know, I hope that doesn't come back to hurt us. So it's from here on in, you know, we want to give ourselves as, as good a position as we can coming in, into September. But you know, all, all we've got to worry about this week is the Rabbitohs. And I was reading something that Peter Sterling wrote on the NRL website uh, yesterday. I think the uh, saying that no team that finished fifth or below has ever gone on to win the premiership, and he's going. I think Manly, St George, Illawarra, Brisbane, and Melbourne would his top four pick. How hard would it be for you to crack into that company? I think potentially we can be there. We just got to be a bit more consistent and you know, play to our strengths a bit more. But yeah, you're right. I, I think. Clearly, those four at the moment are probably head and shoulders above the rest of the pack, so you've got to give them credit. I think Manly and Melbourne in particular are just playing outstanding footy and have been for, for a long period of time, so it's up to the rest of us to, to try and chase them down. That's Michael Luck from the Warriors, and this is Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. 
The New Zealand wicketkeeper batsman Brendan McCullum will captain the Otago cricket side in the 2020 competition this summer, while Aaron Redman will lead the team in the Plunkett Shield and One Day competition. Craig Cumming, who's led the side since 2002, has stood aside as captain, but he'll continue to play in all three forms of the game. He says it's time the team heard from someone else. I sort of got to a stage where every now and then you have days where they're disappointing from a team point of view, and I started to question why. And as a captain, you're reviewing that, and I realised that there were some things that needed to change in our setup, not major ones. And I thought, well, it's probably looking back, it's been a, a common trend for the last sort of two or so years, and I felt like that I'd had my opportunity to try and put some things into place, and, and, and they weren't quite coming off. And that maybe it was time for a new voice. Now I can also give more to the team by being a supporter of a captain than being the actual captain. You know, I've had 10 years and had a huge amount of highs and a, and a lot of lows as well. But, you know, it's time I thought that um, for someone else to maybe take the responsibilities and I can be there as a supporter of the captain and, and be a voice that will support the captain, be the person probably making the calls and sometimes not always feeling that there was, I suppose, 100% support and, and making sure that the decisions are made and that the team gets on and backs it. You mentioned highs and lows. What about the highs? We went to India for the Champions League was a massive one. I actually felt when we first won our first final against Auckland at Eden Park for the one-day competition, I think it was still the State Shield then, we'd been through the doldrums, we hadn't won a title for 20 years, we'd been a very poor team, and then to get up and win that was something I don't think I'll ever beat for the feeling of, for many reasons. One, obviously, Brendan's innings was hugely special, but from a team perspective, it was a releasing of all the, the years of struggling and to finally actually have the trophy in the changing room with us was something that was amazing. And we then followed that on the next year in the 2020, but I, I still feel like that was, a, to me, was a personal highlight for the team and, and all our supporters because it broke a pretty bad record of 20 years and also gave the team a belief that it can actually go out and win. And how do you think uh, having Brendan McCullum in charge of the T20 side and, and Aaron Redmond looking after the... Plunkett Shield in one day. Comfortable with that split? Absolutely. I think I think it'll be nice for him because it's a it's always a challenge when it's quite draining when you take over a skipper. Uh, it takes you probably a couple of years to start to understand it. So it'll be nice for him in the middle of that to be able to take back and just become a player. And in Brendan, we got. Well, I make no secret. I think he should be the New Zealand captain. It gives him an opportunity to vent. I suppose, and that he gets a chance to be in charge. And, and I, you know, excited and having talked to him, he's hugely motivated to do well for Otago. He is our showpiece. He is our, I suppose, our, our poster boy, and we're proud to have him playing for us. And when Brendan plays for Otago, I know from my perspective, when he plays, he lifts the guys enormously, whether he's captain or not. Now that he becomes a decision maker uh, on the field, I think the guys will rise to that, and they'll be excited. And I think Brendan could say, look walk out if we feel it on our hands and knees the guys will believe it that's how much uh, trust the guys have in him and we can't wait we love it when he plays for us and with him being captain it will inspire us even more so uh, great thing for us and, and it also be great for Aaron to, to learn from Brendan as well because he's had a, a lot of experience so I think you know, all in all it's the best possible result we could have and uh, you know, for me as a, a player I'm excited to be able to play under both of them Indeed and I see Mike Hessens off to Kenya that's uh, quite a, a coup for him isn't it? Yeah probably something <laughs> 
for all of us when we were told um, it wasn't something we, we envisioned he'd be doing, but it certainly is. It's the one thing that's always going to have a challenge for Mike in getting a head job in the top level is experience, and this is going to give him experience. Uh, it's going to take him out of his comfort zone, and he gets an opportunity to, to start afresh and, and implement some things that he's got um, done well. So, you know, I think it's a great move. I think New Zealand cricket should be worried and, and disappointed that they've lost a, a local coach because, I mean, there are roles that he probably could have been fulfilling, and we don't want to always be heading overseas ourselves to be able to fill those roles. So uh, I think there should be some question marks there and why he's been allowed to slip through the gates and head overseas. But from a personal perspective, I think it's a great decision. That's the former Otago cricket captain, Craig Cumming, and this is Extra Time. Hockey now, and after reaching the final of the Four Nations tournament in London, the Blacksticks lost 4-3 to Korea. They'd reached the final unbeaten before their last round-robin match when they lost to England. The Midlands defender Andy Hayward told Richard Wayne that may have slowed the momentum they'd built up till then. We didn't put a great performance out yesterday, but I think the boys sort of forgot about that pretty quickly. And we did play pretty well today in patches. It's just, I guess, letting them in, in a few times, letting them have a few soft goals, and I guess we weren't as clinical as we had been earlier on in the week. So I guess that was the major difference. What would you take out of this campaign overall? Um, obviously disappointing at the end, but maybe it's just one that slipped away here because it seems like you were the best team there. The guys played some fantastic hockey during the week. It's just, you know, we, we didn't often put 70 minutes out there. And, you know, when the guys were gelling and playing, we, were, we could put four or five goals on any of the teams. So it's just sort of, uh, I guess everyone's got that confidence that we can play well, but it's just being able to play it for 70 minutes rather than sort of the, the 40 or 50 minutes that we had done probably most of this week. Is it a bit of a learning curve? Because I think you've got some youngsters uh, that you're sort of blooding through this campaign. Yeah, a little bit of a learning curve. We've got a few of the senior boys back for this trip, so I guess we're all playing back together again. But there's not too many young, young boys anymore, so I guess for everyone, it's trying to build on that experience and make sure that you know these types of results don't happen in five months' time at the Olympics. Yeah, right. Of course, the, the Olympics is the, is the monster lurking in the background for all the teams, I guess. Where are you on now, do you think, on, on that path towards the Olympics? Looking pretty good, really. Yeah, yeah, we are. Like, we do play well. We can, you know, everyone's pretty confident that we can put many goals past any team in the world. But it's just, uh, I guess, making sure and putting uh, tools in place to make sure that we're always playing at that level for a, for a whole game. It's the Black Sticks defender Andy Hayward talking to Richard Wayne. And this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. To cycling's great race, and with the Tour de France in its final week, I caught up with the only New Zealander in the three-week tour, Julian Dean, after he'd helped his Garmin Cervelo teammate Tor Hushoft to his second stage win. Dean says the Australian Cadell Evans, Luxembourg's Schleck brothers, Frank and last year's runner-up Andy, can't be counted out, and nor can the defending champion Alberto Contador. Yeah, no, I think he's just riding into form more than anything. You know, he had a, a, a big effort in May winning the Giro, and you know, obviously had to take some time off and, and come back from that and maybe he wasn't quite as good as he'd hoped um, that middle week of the tour when we're in the Pyrenees but uh, you know started to show his stuff today and hopefully we'll see more of it in the next couple of days. There's some really big climbs coming up I mean how do you approach them and you just uh, looking at the heights there and, and the possibility of snow as well? Yeah there are some definitely um, some big big days ahead I think in two days time you know uh, twice we pass over two and a half thousand metres so and they said there was snow on those those peaks yesterday so yeah no it really becomes a, a bit of a game of survival for us and, and, and try and get through as best we can. And how have you been uh, feeling with your side of things and the work that you've been doing? 
been reasonably happy with things. Uh, obviously, the, the team has been, go, been going really well, so there's a good atmosphere within the team. You know, probably I've had better Tour de France's, but you know, still trying to contribute as best I can. What's your picking for the the last week? I and mean, can you see Contador closing that gap, or is that just too big? No, I think you know it's you know the, the difficulty of the stages that we've got, especially on Thursday and Friday, it's a very real possibility. And you know, he's a good time trialer, and we have a time trial on on Saturday, which is also going to be very critical um, and a good opportunity for him to take time back. Cadell Evans up to second overall. How good is the chance, do you think, that he could uh, become the first rider from down under to win a tour? Yeah, and I think it's a, a particularly good possibility. He's known for um, sometimes not being the strongest in the last week. So we've got those very critical stages coming up, and maybe he can uh, go against the odds as his history and surprise us all. I think it'd be, be great for our cycling in our part of the world. And the Schleck brothers, they've been a bit critical of him in the past, haven't they? I reckon he doesn't attack enough. He's not the most explosive character, Cadell, but uh, the Schleck boys, you know, have been very good the first week and they look quite dangerous in the, in the Pyrenees, but they sort of looked, uh, sort of started to see a few cracks today, so we'll see how they go. Uh. And Thomas Berkler's been saying that he doesn't expect to, to be in the yellow jersey going down the Champs Elysees, but he's still out there. Is, is the mountains going to be the end of him? Yeah, I mean, you know, you would expect so, um, but we also didn't expect that he would still be in the yellow jersey now. You know, he's really been riding outside himself, sensational performance. So we'll see, you know, obviously he's downplaying his, his chances, but that's a bit of a tactic to take pressure off himself and off his team. That's Julian Dean, and that's the show for this week. Feedback's welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz, and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. Well, we'll be back with the next Web Only Extra Time show next week. I'm Murray Williams for Radio New Zealand Sport. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.